so you can help solve a mystery, guys. What's up? Welcome to the podcast. It's the Stack Pack. You clicked on it, you know. So, um, so full of excitement today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, compared to last week, this is a fun episode. Uh, I'm oh, David Howell. Um, I'm joined by uh, by Daniel Benavides. Plum Dan. I'm thinking about changing my name to Plum Dan. You said Plum that last Dan. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Working on the hot pipes. Sweating those pipes. Sweating yeah, that I, 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 I'm gonna refrain from doing like we, do, the, we don't sweat pipes. We crimp. Yeah, I'm gonna refrain from doing the gay innuendos because I left way too many in last week's edit. <laughs> it's like, it like too much, too much. Um, and of course, Eli Dominguez. What's up? Uh, COVID Dominguez. Oh man, I got it. I got it. That, yeah. It too sucks. many date nights. Uh, uh, no, not enough. Too many date nights had at the I double known, wide. Had I known, I would have spent more time out there and just gotten <laughs> it sooner. Uh, Eli and uh, your wife too, right? You guys yeah. both have COVID, um, but you we guys got, are already you guys are already on the way. You guys are already mending, right? Yeah, we're already good. I got tested positive for being a sick ass foo. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you guys are okay, and it's. And that obviously by our tone, nothing too uh, intense. By the way, nah. we're joking at it, but 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 you you should not be Smile joking things. though. But but you didn't you you had some. Uh, how was it? It wasn't easy, right? Was a walk in the park. <sighs> no, it was no walk in the park. It was definitely worse than a cold. Um, it started out with just cold symptoms. I was just like, you know, and I'm pretty. I'm a positive person. I and I don't get sick very often, so I was like, man, this ain't it. This is nothing. I'm gonna beat this in a day. Well, did you well, while while you were at the supermarket coughing on on uh, vegetables? <laughs> yeah, I was like, ah, <clears throat> I'm still gonna go to work. No, actually, it was a good thing because I got symptoms after work on Thursday. I was off Friday, so I didn't have any interaction. But what what started it was I got home and I it felt like I keep saying this. It felt like somebody stuck a bunch of knives down my throat and just like just beat the shit out of my throat you know like strap like when you when you start to get strapped yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i was like oh this is terrible so that first night was awful because i couldn't i couldn't wow. sleep because it was just my throat was just so raw the next day i was just fatigued tired i started having like mucus and you know flu like cold cold symptoms whatever and then was saturday bright bright green no it actually it didn't turn green until later so I just, I just thought it, like I said, I thought it was a normal cold. Um, and then on Saturday I had, I skipped breakfast cause I slept in cause I was still feeling sick. And then I, I had lunch and as soon as I took a bite, I couldn't taste shit. <laughs> and that's when I knew I was like, oh no. Oh fuck. So yeah. Climbed in the car. I just decided let's just get everybody tested. We went to one of the drive through testing facilities and yeah, we, we got our results. The kids all came back negative. Um, but yeah, but Jaws and I were not we're not so lucky. And probably now <laughs> that you guys have all been in the same house. Yeah, oh yeah. Well that's the thing too, is like even even if I called work, they're they they're letting me like short term disability, like they're not letting me go into work. I'm gonna have to quarantine. Um, they said even if somebody in my house had tested positive, they still would treat me as a positive case because I can't same quarantine thing. from there. Yeah. We're in we're in the same house and I'm exposed and so they yeah, would have kept me home sense. regardless. Should it you should have built that man shed, you know, all those Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I should have 
in the up, I, actually the attic would be the perfect spot for that. But you could fall through again. Yeah, so I could fall through again. <laughs> God, Jesus! Look at me and my. Well, I something with me, man. <laughs> See our first Christmas episode. I think I don't know. It might have been the after Christmas. No, no, it was before. It was, right? it was after. Were, it was after because oh, I was. Yeah, up, I put were, it away. You were putting it away. Yeah, yeah okay. I put all the Christmas junk away. But it's been cool. It's been cool. I mean, I'm good now. Uh, the worst part, I gotta say, was the first couple of days. But after that, it was. It took a while for my scent of taste to come back, and it's still not quite there. I'm drinking a Miller Light right now, and I told them it tastes a little soapy. But it's getting there. I guess Miller Lite just tastes like that anyway. Maybe. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I really can't tell if that's a part of the of the disease. Well, it's good to hear that you're on the mend and doing uh, better. Um, today, we are going to talk about some true crime. Bunch of missing people or unexplained deaths and missing. And uh, we got some stuff. Um, Loaded episode. Got to say, I don't think there was a disinteresting uh, story in this. No, which is lucky. Uh, today we're covering season five, episode four of the original Robert Sack hosted series. Uh, get it on prime video, IMDb TV, YouTube, and, uh, YouTube and, uh, Peacock, Peacock, the oh, did Peacock NBC app. Pick, pick it up. Yeah, they have it all. And, um, when, when you could watch it in the middle of your breaks of the office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, man, I mean, Peacock's not paying us, but if you pay for the Peacock, it's like five bucks a month. You could, they have the fucking, they have extended office episodes. Yeah, they do. Have you seen any yet? Yeah, I saw, I saw a couple of them already. I I, I watched, they have season three. It's not every episode, but most of them. And they're going to start putting more seasons out. uh, Yeah. As they edit them, they're going through it with uh, the original editors and stuff. Yeah. My favorite deleted scene is with Creed when he's on the electric guitar <laughs> on the boat. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. It's great. It's where, <laughs> where Jim breaks up with that, uh, with uh, Amy Adams when she was first on in the, <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, that, that they didn't add that. They just started with season three. I wonder why they didn't do season two. No. Yeah. It's just season three, but I think it's a part of the season three, uh, season three deleted scenes. I know the DVDs had deleted scenes as well. Um, but yeah, Peacock's cool. They have Unsolved Mysteries now. So this first case is a wanted case, and we're going to be talking about, um, this shithead name, uh, what's his name? What's the guy's name? Gordon, David Gordon Smith, right? Gordon Bombay. David Gordon Smith was this little shithead, and we'll, we'll, uh, let's just tell the story. So, uh, we're going to Catoosa, Oklahoma, which is a, a suburb of Tulsa. And it's sep- it's September first of nineteen seventy eight. It's the morning, and two men hit up a tag agency to sell sell a bu- to steal a bunch of plates. And a tag agency is a like an independent business that would make license plates, license right? Plates. Essentially, Does well, they didn't before? make them; they they sell them. They sell them and then like register them to the car, I guess. Yeah. Does this happen? Is this a thing now? Still, I don't yeah. Think- I, do? I don't think they're not independent though, right? Yeah, yeah, like like in in Texas, the, you can get your license plates through, you know, like the DMV, or you can go to a title agency. That I didn't do it know for that. You. Yeah, I didn't know that, that either. They did that. Um, so I guess a lot of people like to, or thieves, uh, bad guys like to rob these places and take uh, stacks and stacks of 
unregistered uh, license plates, I guess, right? And yeah, I guess, just- I guess to p- replace and put on cars when they're committing more crime. Yeah, so they could fence, right? Fencing, fencing, that's a word. Yeah, fence or hawk. Hawk or fence or. Well, I mean, you don't know a guy that will, like, register your car if it fails its inspection? Um, Yeah, I guess I do. Hector. They see. (laughs) Stolen plates or stolen tags. So it's 8 a.m. and two men are robbing the tag agency. Um, Could you say they were Robin Hood? They jump in with the guns. And, uh, in the reenactment, and I guess this actually happened, like, as, as the lady sees the guys come in, she's like, uh, we're being robbed, uh, help us please. And yeah, then, hangs oh up. yeah, she's on the phone, so she's like, we're being robbed, call the cops. And that probably, uh, helped, or probably, I don't know, maybe didn't. Maybe they should have just, like, like, oh my god, what would have hurt if they took a bunch of, uh, license plates. But anyways, so the person that responded was Chief J.B. Hamby. Um, he was a veteran lawman in the area. And um Can we just take a moment and describe like how the the photo they go with to like show this dude just shows him as like he just like the look of him in the in his headshot is like Walker, Texas Ranger like oh, yeah. it looks like a headshot. Badass he looks like a badass with his hat and his stash. Oh no, he didn't have a stash. That's how badass that's how badass his picture was that I thought he had a mustache and he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't have a mustache. He just looks like a badass. Yeah, the picture looked like it was an ad for a TV show or like uh like how an actor would have different uh, have them in different outfits to see what how what big range they had. Like like here's me dressed as a doctor and here's me like next to a <laughs> like dressed as a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was described as his uh, co-workers as a uh, worst nightmare if you're on the wrong side of the law. He, so in other words, a badass. He's a badass. Um, so he, he goes in there in the reenactment. He tells them to freeze. and um, They don't. Af- and after that, it, uh, apparently about 20 rounds are shot off in a matter of seconds. And one robber is killed. Kind of ironically, by, by a bullet, bullet. Of, from his own gun that ricocheted back and hit him in the head. Oof. Um, and then, of course, JB Hamby was shot, and uh, he stumbles out of the building and goes next door to the laundromat, where he dies while reciting the Lord's Prayer. Um, a, a, a lady like goes to help him. And in the reenactment, she knows his name. Right. And, I guess and I was going to say the laundromat. I don't know. I guess well, it was a smaller I, town. So like a smaller county. Well, you also got to take into account, like, this is like, you know, back in the seventies where you knew the cop that walked the beat or like that was always in your area. Yeah. Possible. We um, don't know. Yeah. So well, I just thought that was an interesting detail that they don't really specify. But um, as the guy's dying, she starts reciting the prayer with him and uh, he doesn't make it super sad. Yeah. And the, we did we mention the other gunman fled? He was able to get away while he was shot was twice on. and escaped. And the, and the thing you left out is as happy, uh, happy, um, Hanby, 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 uh, left the, uh, 
plate agency after being shot, he was actually somewhat in trying to pursue the suspect. Like he was reloading his gun before he changed direction to go into the, into the laundromat. Cause he finally Cause he realized like, he oh. knew like, Oh, this is probably, this is pretty serious. This isn't, this isn't a, uh, flesh wound. <laughs> yeah. So the other asshole gets caught uh, a couple hours later because, um, He's at the hospital being treat, treated for the gunshots he got from the cop. So they arrest his ass. His name's David Gordon Smith. He's the son of a professor. Um, and they were a rich couple from Stillwater, Oklahoma. He gets sentenced to first degree murder. Fucking asshole. In June 1979, Smith begins his life sentence. Um, they find out that the bullet that killed JB was definitely from his gun. No doubt about it. And he's a piece of shit. Good riddance. But that's not where our story ends. That's not how the story ends. Yeah, I know. Um, they do say that this was his only brush with the law and, um, before this because he was kind of, you know, he came from a well-to-do family. So he becomes like inmate number one, like goody two-shoe, a, a model inmate, a model prisoner, as they say. Um, he was actually prisoner of the year 1984. <laughs> well, <laughs> Mr. Prisoner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would have been the year he escapes, isn't it? Um, uh, 85 he escaped. Okay. So, yeah, he's such a good prisoner that they classified him as a trustee. Apparently, uh, some uh, prisoners get trustee status, and that gives we, we, them – We've uh, had this discussion about trustees before, you know, where you get to go to the mall and buy Christmas yeah. presents. Yeah, yeah, you get to go buy Christmas gifts for your your fellow inmates, and then all of a yeah. sudden, you just get – Don't you leave. think if you knew that – but don't you think you would think it was less stupid if they used the word trustee? You're like, oh, well, he was a trustee. Okay. <laughs> Who cares if he brutally murdered a little girl? Yeah, that, that was we're, – we're referring to an episode where we covered the new Unsolved Mysteries. The, yeah. From volume it, two, really Wasn't that episode. also about the same time period around this? I'm the, sure. the trustee program? I don't know. But the 80s were the 80s were dumb for people. The to, 80s were dumb. That's it. <laughs> the, the trustee program. Yeah, that, that's – we sunset that, guys. That was a failure. Yeah, that's My it. bad. So, so, so with this trustee status – he gets a, a job working at the lake by the prison at the water pumping station. And this guy lived alone and he just worked there and lived there by himself. And there was a guard would stroll by every hour and check on him. Yeah. And he got married too, right? Yeah. In 1982, this dude got married and I don't know if she was a 17 year old girl, right, or if but the, they, picture the picture they just showed shows just 17 was, was her when she was 17. Are uh, were you, you confused by that? Yeah, I was too. These so are these women, man. And they, they're, they're, they want that bad boy. I think, she, I, I think she was just 17. I, I don't know him. because he looked, he was really young looking, yeah. you know, like in the picture, he looks like he might've been 20 tops. Yeah. Isn't there a song that's called 17 talks about a guy falling in love with a 17 year old. Uh, by a big, big star. I don't remember who sings it, but I remember in my head. I'm thinking. Let 17. me take you home. Let me walk you home from school. You know. <laughs> God damn it! No, it's I'm not even. I swear to God, it's a great song. It sounds so creepy. Speaking of Buffy, I'll shut up about Buffy, but. I'm watching this episode. She's supposed to be 16 years old. And this 225 year old vampire is like telling her he's in love with her. I'm like, dude, God, it's, it's creepy that creep game. He was 30 years old. And this guy's 225 what do they call years it? old. What do they call that it? is just the, 
deep government trying to tell you that it is okay for pedophilia. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Addie, sorry, Addie, my QAnon showing. My dad, my, uh, my dad, my, my daughter would call that, uh, she would call him cringe crew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cringe uh, crew. Cringe crew. What a good troop. <laughs> so we don't know how old this girl is. Okay. That's, yeah, that's how we got there. Okay. So anyway, he gets married in jail somehow in 1982. In 1984, he has his first parole hearing. Um, a whopping 10 years ahead of schedule. And when they, and they decided pretty quickly after reading, Oh yeah, he fucking murdered a cop. That <laughs> nope. He's definitely going to stay the fucking jail. Um, in, in the, in a little weird accident, the, 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 he says to the parole people, like, I go to church and I got married. Oh yeah. And- it's awesome. It's like, well, I haven't been in any fights since I've been in jail. I haven't killed any other officers. I got a job. I go to church. Have I mentioned I haven't killed any more officers? <laughs> yeah. It's easy to be a model citizen when you're not, like, out living amongst the people. Um, The guy, the prosecutor, the FBI guy calls him. Uh, he's like, he's trying to convince us. I wish he said model citizen because that's less stupid than what he did say. It was He's, he's like, he was trying to convince us that he was Joe Clean Citizen. <laughs> you know, that old chestnut, Joe Clean Citizen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, no, he did definitely, he definitely didn't uh, get paroled, but he was able to continue his job at the lake. Little and- do you know, you, you just offended someone in Oklahoma named Joe Clean. I just, I just. <laughs> Who is a proud citizen? I am an upstanding citizen. I go to church. I volunteer. Hey, but it's funny. He's like, well, I guess I get to go back to my job where I get checked on every hour by a security guard. <laughs> Did it say? Okay, well, when we get to this next part, I have a question about. All right, yeah. So, um, Joe Clean Citizen uh, continues his job at the lake, and October twenty eighth of nineteen eighty five. He fucking dips, yo. <laughs> yeah, he goes, heads up. Just went out to get Christmas gifts, guys. <laughs> yeah, fucking. No, clean so the, getaway. The, the guy, Joe Clean Getaway, the guy, the security guard comes and says that he checked on him and where he normally sleeps. So he slept there? Like he lived there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he lived at the pump house, <laughs> unsupervised. At 3 a.m., um, he went for his hourly check and found a mannequin. Where did he get a mannequin? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure his his uh, girlfriend or his wife probably brought it for him, no? Oh. They say that his wife picked him up and they went uh, into the nearby town and they were able to find out that they mailed a couple of letters. Why would they mail letters? To who? Who would be? Hey, just broke out of prison. <laughs> just want to let y'all know. <laughs> Joe Beth Smith was his wife, 17 years old. Um the days before she left, she closed her bank account, sold her furniture, and borrowed a thousand dollars from friends. This what makes me think, like, damn, being seventeen years old in the eighties was very different. Yeah, oh, kind of yeah. seventeen year old today would have a bank account and furniture, yeah. <laughs> and friends that would give her a grand. <laughs> Just steal it from their mom. <laughs> so shows yeah. you what's wrong with our our generation. Is it? No, I don't know. We don't even know if she's actually seventeen. So it just shows you what's wrong with the past generation, the one that made and edited the unsolved mysteries episode. (laughs) 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 Um, So anyway, four months later, February nineteen eighty six, somebody cites these two. Um, They see him with a female in Arkansas. 
<laughs> he fucking dips, yo. And yes, again, he fucking dips, yo. The cops respond to that. He's gone. Uh, FBI still thinks that he's dangerous. And at the time of this uh, episode airing, he was still missing. Um, JB Henby was a, de- a decent man who didn't deserve to die. And um, this episode originally aired, I think, in the fall. And when it re-aired in March. Yeah, in the, the springtime, right baby. Yeah, the right person was at home, spring break. And they cracked this case. Unsolved Mysteries did it again. Ticker, ticker, ticker. Did it again. By golly. And where was he? Where was our boy, David Gordon Smith? <laughs> I keep on saying David Gordon Green, the horror director, but it's not him. Um, the right, well, actually, he's not a, more of a comedy director, whatever. Uh, the right viewer was in South Dakota, and so was David Gordon Smith. He was a service manager at a car dealership. Can you believe um, it? He made it, he made himself a service manager. What is that? What, what do you think that means? Like he works in the mechanical side? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Superfish, Spearfish, South Dakota, to be more specific, is the town he was in. Um, the FBI tip led them uh, directly to the car dealership and they arrested him there. And he told them exactly who he was and there was no, uh, no drama. Yeah. It was a Ford dealership, and uh, ironically enough, they they booked him and they threw him in the back, and the car they were driving was a Ford. <laughs> uh, they show the the actual footage; it's amazing. That's that's Ford tough. Um, so this asshole was returned to Oklahoma to serve the rest of his life sentence, and they tacked on four more years for his attempt for his escape. That's actually just like a slap on the wrist, if you ask me. You get four more years. I know, might as well try it again, right? Yeah. He has like life. Only four years? Okay. Maybe next time they'll... they'll um, Maybe next time he'll actually go to Mexico. Or he could be like the... He could be the the person that goes and goes to Walmart for the whole prison and gets food and they could entrust him with some more yeah. duties. Uh, I'm sure there's a guy who goes to the laundromat Back and forth. He can do that. Hey, you killed a cop, right? Cool. We're going to have you work in the armory, uh, polishing the rifles. <laughs> yeah, polish the rifles. Uh, I'm going to the mall next. Who's anybody need some Christmas presents for your family that you're not seeing because you're all in jail? <laughs> I'll mail them out to you. I'll take them to the post. <laughs> so that's case one. Um, well, I'm going to need uh, – speaking of Mexico, we're going there next, our next case. Yeah, we're going south <laughs> oh, of the border. Yeah, like I'm going to need, a, I'm gonna need a beer for this. Hold on. It better be a Dos Equis. Dos Equis. Before we get to the next pot, uh, case, I want to mention this movie on HBO Max that is like one of those like is in theaters and but is on HBO Max for like the month. What? Which one is it? Um, it's called The Little Things. And it's very, it's definitely, uh, if you, it'll scratch a true, a true crime. Is that, is that with Denzel Washington? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I've already wanted to see it. Did you already watch it? I watched it. Ah, I want to watch it again. It came came out on Friday. Yesterday. But I want to say, I'm not usually a person that runs to Denzel movies, but he's like this certain age and he plays this kind of just like, uh, like, like, uh, older cop character that's very like toned down it's not like my man you know it's not like that yeah. whole like 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 the impression you hear of denzel it's yeah. much more like toned down I, I really liked it dude it's fucking 
it's got it's him, Rami Malik, and Jared Leto. Yeah, and Jared Leto. And it's a difficult. I don't know. I don't want to say too much, but it's not one of those ones that's going to give you a definite beginning, middle, and end. A a, a satisfying answer. It, it's kind of realistic in that way. the The reviews weren't amazing, but it the the ending is got, got like a realistic kind of like gut punch, like it that I really good. liked. Yeah, it looked good. I had, I had, it was on my list. Yeah, it, I I recommend it. it. I think for the this month until like the end of February, it's gonna be on. Uh, uh, it's gonna be on there. Yeah, it looked good. Uh, Wonder I'm Woman excited. is gone, and they replace it with this. But it, yeah, I recommend it. I'm doing it. The next case is an unexplained death, and like uh, Eli said, we are traveling south of the border and we are um and we're also traveling back in time to june of 1992 when joe amato and his brother mario went to mexico with their girlfriends and they just wanted to have a good old time they were i guess san diego adjacent close enough to san diego um they went to a resort called uh, they went to a resort in rosarito beach mexico which was 35 miles away from San Diego. Um, they got there a little after 1 a.m. And the exact date there was June 6th of 1992. Now, the reason they were able to get this cool place was because Mario's girlfriend, I think they were the older couple. Mario's girlfriend's uh, friend was the actual condo Coke owner. Or co- I mean, we don't know the specifics, but a friend of Mario's girlfriend, uh, I, I don't know. I think I wrote her name down here somewhere. I want to say Brenda, but I don't know. <laughs> Wait, they got anyway. the they got the hair right though. The, the the actor that they cast for that guy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You know. You know. Did you notice? Did you notice that that uh, Joe Amato said you know after almost everything he said. Mm-hmm. You know. You know. Okay. Anyway. So yeah. So they're hanging out. They're partying. They're bust out the tequila. Ooh, yeah, I could go for some tequila uh, right now. I find that uh, culturally. Um, offensive why they were they were mexicans <laughs> we're visiting tequila. mexico drinking tequila. drinking tequila that's what you do yeah uh so around three or four in the morning apollo wake up apollo wake up you're we're okay, doing a podcast you're okay, buddy. You're okay. don't have a drink did you hear him yeah he, he was, was like, like having a dream <laughs> apollo wake up it's fine okay so around three or four in the morning uh is when joe and his girlfriend start to get tired and they go to bed and apparently the the two younger the younger couple stays up, um, and apparently around seven in the morning, uh, Joe woke up and he could hear them arguing, and then Mario came in the room and said like ah oh, like he wanted to leave like he's like I can't stand her like let's get out of here like I want to go. Why home. would you go on vacation with somebody? Ah oh, man, the sex must have been really good. I guess it just sound like yeah like a volatile couple. The next morning, in the late morning, apparently everything was fine. Uh, Everyone had forgiven everybody. Uh, Joe and Debbie, not Brenda, sorry, Deborah. Debbie, Joe and Debbie went on a romantic drive by themselves, and uh, they didn't get back till the afternoon. But apparently, during that time, uh, Mario and his girlfriend got in a fight, and the cops were called. I don't know. I don't know how accurate the reenactment is, but uh, yeah. Either way, uh, the cops showed up. I don't know who called yeah, the, them. If maybe another guest called them, we don't know. Yeah, the cop showed up, and I was thinking of because in the reenactment, the the girlfriend is like, "Yeah, take him away. Yeah, take him, take him." And I was just thinking, I was like, if this bitch actually, actually called the cops, she killed him. Yeah, like pretty much. If, if you could be that stupid to call the cops 
on somebody that you're with in a foreign country. It doesn't matter what country. Yeah. You're not from that country. You're going to get cops involved. You're going to, or if the, the law is going to be involved. I mean, who knows? He could have been abusive. He could have, who knows? But yeah, I'm we just don't saying, know. if they were just like drunkenly arguing with each other and she called the cops on him, that's, that's the, that's his death sentence right yeah, there. And then um, if she knew actually what happened in a Mexican prison too, I don't think you'd want to go to Mexican jail at all. <laughs> Yeah, so apparently the cops were called. In the reenactment, he, like, is shirtless, and she won't let him back in, and then she, like, throws his clothes at him, and and then the cops come and take him away. Uh, apparently, he's arrested for public drunkenness and disorderly conduct. So, yeah, they, they lock him up. The brother and the girlfriend, uh, Debbie, come back home. Nobody's at nobody's at the resort anymore. They, they can't even find um, – Homeboy's girlfriend. So they go in, cops show up looking for his girlfriend. And they're like, we don't know where she is. Check the bar down the road. Yeah. They're like frantic, right? Like, where yeah. is she? Where is she? And I, that part's still not fully explained. They, huh? It's not. They just said, we just want to ask her some questions. And they're like, okay, well, she's probably at the bar down, down the road. Or they said next door, one of the two. So anyways, they go. And then I think uh, Debbie gets ready, right? Like she starts putting on her clothes. Yeah. And she's yeah. Like, I want to follow these guys and see what's going on. So she goes and, um, she has, she shows up, right? She eventually shows up to the bar because she wasn't there at first. But I don't do. Do they ever oh, explain? Oh, you mean the the girlfriend? Like, yeah, because they wanted to look. You said that they came frantic looking for her. Like, where is she? Where where we want to ask her more questions? No, they followed the cops to the bar. Yeah, to that's watch what I'm saying. What they so, were. Yeah, yeah. So, but but the girlfriend eventually shows up. Yeah, she like walks in like there's nothing wrong that happened, and she uh, she says she doesn't know. Where Mario is, which is weird and contradictory to the reenactment of when the cops came. I mean, yeah, I she guess obviously maybe it's knows. possible that she didn't know that the cops took him. Like maybe, maybe he was like pounding on the door and she didn't know the cops came. But because like in the react in the reenactment, she's like, I don't know. He's probably dead. In the- he's probably in a, oh, ditch, a ditch somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> no, he's probably in a gutter. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. And it's. <laughs> And it's like, damn, what a cold asshole! If if she really just like didn't tell and him that the, he wasn't that even he like was formally charged, he was he was just in a holding cell. Like they really didn't charge him with anything, right? Correct. That's what they yeah, that's what they say. Um, so a couple hours later, a group of detectives show up. Right. Oh man, the reenactment was so good with these guys. Like they oh, came in, like they looked goodness. so like. They did not look, first of all, they didn't look like detectives. Second of all, like, they just didn't know what to do with themselves. Like, the guy was fidgeting. They didn't fidgeting. know what to do with their hands. <laughs> There's just too like, many of them. It, it also kind of looked like they were wearing a suit for, like, the first time. Yeah. <laughs> it totally did. It totally did. Oh, so these are, these it's are like cufflinks. It was like huh. one detective with, like, five trainees. <laughs> and and they show up, and they give a name that, that – uh, uh, Joe doesn't recognize, uh, and then he says his brother's name, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, that's oh him. yeah, and that guy, that guy." And then well, they proceed to the show way. him a picture of his dead brother. Oh no, wait! They, well, they sorry. book him. They, well, they, well, they don't book him. They take him. They take him to the the. They tell him. They tell him his brother's dead, and well, then they, they, don't they, and tell they take him, him to the office. Yeah, well, they, they do in the reenactment. They tell him that his brother's dead, and the, and then they take him to the office, and that's where they show him the pictures to identify him. <laughs> Oh, I just have the video, the video playing. It's so funny. 
One detective and his five trainees. It's actually three people, but dude, they do look so lost. They're just like, <laughs> uh, Mario Vicente Amaro. Yes, yes, that's that guy. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> sure. Yeah, they, they're like, they give him a different name. It's so weird. Um, they they tell him that he hung himself in prison with <laughs> yeah, his they don't, own he, They don't look like detectives. They look like henchmen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They look like the, the guy that my bookie sends when I don't pay my bets. When I can't pay back my debts. When I short the uh, GameStop stock when they come looking for me, that's who they sent. They tell Joe that his brother hung himself in prison. Um, they show him a picture of him laying on concrete without his shirt, and they say that he's hung himself with his sweatshirt um, on a piece of metal or that was three on feet the tall. On the three feet tall from the door. And then later they say that it was above the cell door, so, but would it would still be hard? I don't know. It's confusing. It is confusing. Not not uh, to add even more confusion. The they also <laughs> claim when he asks about the other inmates that were in there, he's like, "Well, who was in there with him?" And all oh, there was five guys, but they were all sleeping. <laughs> he's like, sleeping well, at five a five p.m. Hey. Yeah. Well, I'm picturing them in different cells. I don't think they're in the same cell, but the they probably were. Was flowing that day, bro. I don't know, yeah. man. And holding typically holding cells, though. I think they cram them in there. Yeah, they do. But they put multiple people. One shitter. <laughs> yeah, and one guy that's just like jacking off, maybe, but you can't really tell. <laughs> <laughs> Which jail did you go to? San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. So they they tell the brother that he hung himself by a sweater, which is really ridiculous. Is it though? Um. Kinda. Joe just knows nothing's right. He thinks this is super weird. The Mexican authorities didn't release the body right away. They wanted to make sure they were done with their aut- autopsy. And uh, when they finally did release the body, they said the cause of death was loss of oxygen to the brain, which is hanging right. Um. And that's when Joe called his congressman. And that's when US, the U.S. got involved in the U.S. consulate and tried to uh, resolve this issue. But um, right out of the gate, it's odd that the Mexican authorities didn't immediately contact the, the United States consulate. Yeah. Um, because somebody, you know, an American citizen died and, on Mexican uh, soil. And it's, I don't like the explanation that this guy that they interviewed gives. Oh yeah, he kind of just smiled. He thinks his explanation. He, he thinks he's. I don't. It's weird. He thinks he's making really good points. Yeah, and he's and, just like, you're not saying anything, brother. And then he gives that smirk. He's well. Yeah, he does smile. He claims that because he had family with him, that that's why they weren't notified right away. He's like, well, if they have family, we just tell the family, and then we write a letter. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how we do it. Yeah. And you know, I I'm don't think, and it. I saw the episode two times, and that's the first time I understood that as what that statement meant. So Yo, can we talk that up, Eli? <laughs> can we talk though about the the dude who performed the autopsy? That his did you notice his his this look? This is highly unethical. <laughs> no, this guy's look. is that a bullet? Sorry, this guy. I was doing, I was doing <laughs> last week's. <laughs> I was doing the Huey Long autopsy. No, this is definitely not a Huey. The guy who performed Huey Long's autopsy. This guy has a mustache and a mullet, and it's amazing. I did not notice, and I'm upset oh, that I great. didn't. <laughs> so once the U.S. gets involved, Joe orders an autopsy, 
Oh, also, we didn't mention that they didn't allow him to bring the body. I, I sort of did, but yeah, yeah. It, it's worth noting that they wanted to make sure they were done with their autopsy. And what their autopsy well, their said investigation. was, and what their autopsy said was hanging, and that's it. Um, so Joe orders a second autopsy. And what that concludes is that there was massive injuries to his liver. Like he was beaten hard. He was beaten the fuck out of. And they think that he wouldn't have been able to physically hang himself with the injuries he sustained to uh, his torso, I guess. To be more general about it. Yeah. But they said he had massive liver injuries. And that wasn't from the tequila. Well, see, that's, that's something I wanted to bring up is like, you know, they say they were heavily drinking, but neither the Mexican autopsy or the third party autopsy that his brother gets discuss a toxicology report. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that. he was super wasted. And also, I don't think it's out of the I mean, realm. it's Mexico. I, I They're at a resort. If you're yeah. not wasted at a Mexican resort, well, you're and then, doing then it also wrong. Take, uh, also now take into the account like, all right, you're super wasted. You, you don't speak the language. You're in a Mexican holding cell. You're drunk. You don't know what's going to happen to you. You get into an altercation with a, a fellow inmate. You yeah. panic because you don't want to die by their hands. I was going to go. I, I was saying, yeah, we should point out. Same thing. Similar to what Dan saying. But, like, you are drunk off your ass and just get into a fucking life or death argument with this person that you think is important and that you love. And then you just fucking, you're like, I'm in a Mexican prison. I'm fucked. And you just kill yourself. I mean, I, I, there are instances and situations where I believe that maybe he, he did hang himself, but it's, it is all too weird that he was just like one moment alive and one moment. Within a matter of hours. It's crazy. Imagine like you go out for a drive and all of a sudden you come back and your brother's gone. First of all, and then you f- you find out that he was taken to he's being held in a Mexican jail or wherever he's being held, and then all of a sudden you find you out find out in the same like span would of minutes family feel that he's that he's in jail and he's dead like boom, that's boom. so crazy like what you do you know mean what? He, like you know he was arrested let alone just maybe, dead yeah maybe he had the same guards that were guarding Epstein oh yeah probably definitely <laughs> he had to anyways it, this definitely was fishy. Same same type of scenario here. So once the U.S. gets involved, the then Mexican president actually is the one who reopens the case mm-hmm. with cooperation from the American government. So in January of 93, he's – What do they do, Dan? What do they do? Dig him up. Dig it <laughs> up. Dig him up. <laughs> we should have a theme song whenever – We should. A drinking game whenever we – somebody uh, – <laughs> Dig him up. 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 Dig I need him to make, up. I'll just bust, I'll just make a hip. I'll just make a hip hop beat on a on a fucking garage band. <laughs> Dig him up. Um, that'll be good. Um, yeah. yeah. But it's not funny that uh, people don't do their jobs right and they have to dig up the people that are trying to rest eternally. It yeah. defeats the purpose of rest in peace. Yeah, it's fucked. Um, but anyway, they dig him up. It's worse, it's worse uh, than when they do it more than once. It, it, it's like when you're in a hotel and you have the do not disturb sign on you your fucking door. And the, and the maid not only knocks, like they knock and you say, I am good. But then 30 minutes later, they fucking call your phone. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the worst. Like, are you sure we can't clean? Um, yeah. So they reclassified as a homicide, but that's kind of all the. 
the uh, exhumation uh, gave them, I guess. Um, apparently, oh, at some there, point, there is one thing about the third autopsy. Sorry, because um, it it kind of ties into the update. Um, on the third uh, autopsy, they discover that there is fiber around his neck that is actually rope fiber and not sweater fiber. Oh, really? That makes sense. And I, I, we didn't mention how one of the people thought that maybe just this cop beat him up and thought that he was fucking like, they're like, oh, we beat the shit out of him. And oh, then, and no. Then they, and then they just hung him like yeah. themselves. Like he was like passed well, out. He's going to die anyway. Him. Yeah. And like, we can just say that he did this himself in the prison. Um, so yeah, uh, that that makes that lends credence to that. that uh, uh, apparently, at some point, a, a Mexican uh, police officer was convicted of killing Mario. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, I mean, like they say in the episode. I mean, they, they say all this in the episode. It was overturned, and there's been no other suspects. Uh, wow. Were we able to find anything else about that? Yes, we were. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were. So four months later, in May, a former police officer by the name of Jose Antonio... Uh, Verdusco? Verdusco. Verdusco Flores. Verdusco. That's a lot of V-E-R-D-U-Z-C-O? names. V-E-R-D-U-Z-C-O? Verdusco. Yeah. It has to Verdusco. be Verdusco. Yeah, so Jose Antonio Verdusco Verdusco. Flores. Flores. I am a terrible Hispanic. (laughs) Uh, Was arrested for his murder. Uh, Two witnesses that were actually in a holding cell um, claimed that they saw him and Mario get into a struggle and basically beat him up and then used the sweater to choke him and then staged the hanging. Um, But... <clears throat> he was sentenced to eight and a half years, but that conviction was shortly overturned months later, and he was released. Other inmates testified that they had seen uh, Mario being beaten by another officer, but they weren't able to positively mm. identify him. Yeah. So, as of right now, they suspect that it was actually two police officers that that killed him, hmm. but it, nothing absolutely official so he was probably just wasted off his ass and these dudes just beat him up he too hard like, he's probably just being a stupid american yeah i could definitely see unfortunately that americans are stupid stupid <laughs> i don't uh, know so- <laughs> i don't know lloyd the french are assholes <laughs> Uh, uh, can we talk about this this billionaire this this oil billionaire yeah yeah we have one more unexplained death for you guys today. can you please talk about the fire the fire Uh, the the, fire these are all good these are good can Uh, you please please you have to post the picture of him his like portrait of him on the couch all right yeah i want to know is that before or after the facelift? That was what we said. Because uh, not to get ahead of ourselves, but um, once this guy got rich, he had two facelifts, and that picture that they showed doesn't look like. Rough. I mean, he, he looks like a happy man. He's definitely making a creepy smile. But if that's if he paid for that face, then yeah. 
then you need to get your money back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a terrible billionaire. Yeah, I mean, it's not that he's millionaire. Like, it's not that he's ugly, but I'm just like, I mean, what was wrong with your face before? Shit, if that's what you paid for. Um, what, <laughs> what was he a billionaire or a millionaire? I thought millionaire. He was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he died, he pulled in sixty-six million dollars. So he told me. I thought okay. they said he was an oil billionaire. Uh, all right, let's get into it. The dude's Texas. name is Ed Baker. He was a rich guy, but not always a rich guy. That's important. Um, he ran a, um, a company called Vanguard International. <laughs> Vandalay Industries. <laughs> I work for Vandalay Industries. Uh, it later became Nexium and uh, went on. <laughs> and uh, now the Vanguard is a man named Keith Ranieri. <laughs> Did you ever watch any of The Val? <laughs> no. Oh you should my watch God, The Val on HBO Max. That. It's so good, dude. It's like, oh, it's, you'll be hooked. It's a documentary about Keith Raniere and Nexium. Um, but oh, uh, another thing I wanted to mention is one of our uh, cases we've covered on this podcast is getting a full HBO documentary. Which one? The Dale. Which one's The Dale? Remind the me. The Lady... The sort of lady. Dude looks like a lady. I mean, you know what? The car. The car. Yeah. yeah. The car. In in this day and age, um, uh, yeah, it was. She's a she's a lady, um, who wasn't always a lady, I suppose. Um, and they're making a whole documentary about her and her failed uh, Ponzi scheme, right? Because everybody donated money to her, and she just. That's right. Yeah, so that'll be. I feel like I'm really curious to see that documentary. Um, I th- I love how they framed that. We when they first when we they first showed when they first showed her, we're like, mm, like we've all like kind of were scratching our heads a little bit. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's like another cool thing about the story, though. Is like, is like she didn't give a fuck. Like she yeah. was gonna. She's like. That that part of her was not a Ponzi scheme. Like no, know, she, no, 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 not at all. She was definitely probably happier being that that lady. Yeah, um, I believe that part is the realest thing of that story, and I, I hope Absolutely. they. Fo- I hope that's part of the focus of the documentary. Yeah, because I, I it's been a while, but she like lived as a man as well, right? And that right. was like a whole secret lady identity sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a while. I don't want to. But I, don't I can't wait. That's cool. So it's it's an HBO doc that they're doing. Yeah, apparently it's supposed to come out like to yesterday. I think it might oh. already be out. Oh man, they do I don't such know. good I, work. I, I saw something that said like I th- I swear it's, I th- it was January thirty first. Uh, so yeah, that should be good. Uh, <laughs> the the lady and the Dale is what it's called. Is it a series or a movie? It's a movie it right? premieres. January 31st. So it's already on HBO Max? Oh, yeah. I'm so going to watch it as soon as we're done. (laughs) Hell, yeah. I'm curious. That's an interesting story. They call it Um, The Con Artist and The Car on New York Times. Um, Yeah. She was an interesting lady. She could definitely convince some people. She could definitely talk some people into stuff. Oh, yeah. And and everyone liked her, right? Like, Mm, from what I remember. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. So check that out. And maybe we'll talk about it next week a little oh, more. Oh yeah, actually, that could count as a mystery movie, which we haven't yeah, we done could, in a while. Yeah, we could. We we could do that. We usually do them at the end of a season, but we've had like two seasons, kind of. Yeah, because we, we did haven't. those. Uh, 
we did the Netflix special. So yeah, maybe that would be actually kind of cool. That'd be fun to do something uh, a little different, maybe in a couple weeks after we give people a chance to check it out. Um, but yeah, so back to this story. Last unexplained death of the night, like we said, Ed Baker, Van v- Vanguard International, uh, Vanguard Groups International. Um, his wife, Mary, gives us a lot of the story. She tells us how she watched him build that company first from the wife. ground up. His first Actually, wife. it's his second wife is what Oh, is it his second wife? Yeah, second Oof. wife. This guy's so, running yeah. through him. Oh, man, he really does. Um, so she watched him build this. Uh, he, he started fucking he's got with more. The, he's got as many faces as he does wives. <laughs> <laughs> so he started fucking with oil in the 19, in 1980. He, he was promoting oil well exploration in the Houston area. That's so funny. Every time I hear about somebody who's like in the oil business, I, I picture them like talking like if they have hot molasses in their mouth. <laughs> That like have a big cigar in their deep, mouth. Deep Southern drawl. Yeah. And, and they have like um, actual boots made of cow. Yeah. With like the actual like hide of the cow, like the, yeah. the fur still. <laughs> so it was Houston in the eighties, which was a fucking great time to get into oil. Um, so he was making a shit ton of money after, uh, uh, you know, investing in some, pl- in some sites. Imagine all the cocaine he did. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a lot. So many lewds. <laughs> Mary, his first wife, explains that he was a uh, brilliant. You said it was his second wife. You said second yeah. wife. God, yeah. The lady, the lady who talks mostly. I mean, none of the other wives talk. The lady who tells the story, Mary, uh, she says that he was a brilliant strategist, and the things he did weren't, while not legal now at the time, were legal then, and. Uh, the people that invested with him knew this. Um, they say that he founded Vanguard Industries with uh, Mary being one of his three employees. And then four years later, they made uh, $19 million in a whole year. What? Um, and wealth made, uh, like we said, wealth made this dude become very different. Ed Baker went crazy. Uh, it's March 1984. He's super, he's, he, he's super rich at this point. Then he divorces Mary. He's like, peace the fuck out. Um, he starts getting into gambling. Um, this is when he gets his two facelifts and he gets disco lessons. Yeah. In, in 1984. Dude. <laughs> 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 dude, that's so funny. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. The year disco lessons. Was disco was d- way dead by then? Like, yeah, dude. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. It really was a midlife crisis for sure. So six years a little late. Yeah. So uh, on top of all these other things, he buys a badass Jaguar, which will come into play a little later. Uh, in September of 1984, he got married uh, and then divorced five months later. And then he married an employee four days after that second, third <laughs> marriage was finalized. Oh, man, this guy. He's a character. And so during these – and all during all this uh, affluent uh, spending and marriaging and all that shit, his finances are going in the toilet. Uh, by 1985, people just have given up. They stopped investing. He has to start borrowing money to maintain his life of luxury. 
he's looking at, uh, also at this time he started, he was looking at serious tax problems and lots of, uh, lawsuits and different charges from s- certain investors because he wasn't, uh, paying out on those investments. So yeah, he was running a Ponzi scheme, right? Like he was taking money. By this money point, and- yeah. Like I, I, from the way I'm understanding it is like not at first. Yeah. But then like after the oil and all that shit's dried up, he, it started to become that. It doesn't seem like the oil dried up. It seems like his investments weren't coming in as quickly as he anticipated and his company <sighs> expanded far quicker than Oh, they weren't coming in as fa- as quickly as he could spend money yeah. that he didn't have or whatever. Because like Jeez. the company was like they were producing oil, they were legitimately producing oil. It's just it seems like he was burning the cash before they could make more cash. And he had to uh, at this point get a bailout from a very shady unnamed source. Named Fatoni. Maybe it, was, it could have been Fatoni. Uh, <laughs> it probably was Fatoni. I'm making an offer you can't what refuse, sh- or you'll show be is that where burning they like, in a cornfield. What show is that where they like make up a, a, a generic gangster name? Is it Good Girls or something? Where they like make up a g- generic gangster name yeah. and then they like eventually like somebody finds the person like fat swears like oh, fat yeah. something. Yeah, it maybe was it was Good Girls. I don't remember that good part. Girls. No, I, I don't, don't remember that happening. <laughs> I feel like Eli would remember. <laughs> no, I would remember that, Fat Tony. I'd remember that for sure. So he hires a PI to uh, look into these this unnamed source who may or may not be connected to the mafia, which that sounds stupid. Um, well, I got a cousin, Tony, who works in the concrete shoe business. Concrete <laughs> shoe business. <laughs> oh, man. So let's cut to November 6th of 85, around 7 p.m., um, he shows up at his ex-wife Mary's house and he's freaked out. He's paranoid. He says he's being followed. He said he's gotten multiple death threats in the form of letters and calls. Um, oh yeah. What do they, what do the calls say? It's your time to die or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Your time. It's your day to die. Your day to die. And he was scared to call the police, Ed. I guess, because he was a crook. Um, and he just kind of was showed up in a tizzy, was all freaked out, and then he drove away, and that's the last time Mary ever saw him again. Sandy, who is the new wife, said that Baker had just sent her out of town because he didn't know what was going to happen, so he just sent her to Austin, I think. Sent her to South by Southwest. <laughs> to go watch. Actually, no, he was classy. He was classy. He sent her to he sent her to Austin City Limits. He, he yeah. paid for the badges and everything. <laughs> paid for the badges. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Sandy, Sandy gets sent out of town to Austin uh, to hang out with the hipsters, and then um, at that point, Ed Baker ho- holds up in his room um, where he keeps getting threatening calls, saying that it's his time to die, and he's freaking out. And then two days later, November eighth rolls around. And sheriffs find his torched, beyond torched car. Yeah. And they, and by the way, what was next to it? They just casually just mentioned that there was a, also, oh yeah, by the way, there was a, there was a white beaten person like here in maybe his twenties. Yeah. There was like a, a, a young man who was, his hands were tied behind his back and he was beaten to death. Yeah. And they just thought random. That, they thought that maybe he had something to do with the killing and then he was killed 
so they could just clean up the mess. But but what did the detective discover? They well, they eventually discovered that it was an unrelated drug deal. It was the reason that he was killed, but that also that yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it was just the you know, it was the dumping area. It was, it was yeah. you know, it was. This is where they this is where they dump their trash. It was Body Park. How many how many other bodies did they find? It's like, oh, it's, it's the dumping area. Dead hookers here all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's corpse clearing. You need to go have a nice po- uh, picnic at corpse clearing. Just just just, you know. Hopefully you don't find a corpse today. How did you come up with that name corpse? That's amazing. God, I wish I had your your wit, man. You're so witty, so fast. The, what was the first one I said? Body park. Or the corpse clearing. It just sounds like it sounds like something that like, the teens go in a Stephen King novel. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna go park at corpse clearing? Oh, I'm gonna go park. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a don't take any extra gasoline. It might catch on fire. It's like unrelated oh, yeah, drug gonna, charge. I'm gonna go out and right. have a cigarette. Uh, just mind the bodies. <laughs> this guy, yeah, this guy. Come on, unrelated. <laughs> I mean, can't you tell? Like, can't you tell? Did with you like the that, dental Did you see records? that YouTube video of Logan Paul walking around corpse clearing? <laughs> no. <laughs> But and then no, he actually not, found not, a not he actually found records. a corpse and people were like, "Oh, Logan, Jesus, gross!" <laughs> what he really did? <laughs> was this recent? That, that, that YouTube guy he he went yeah, to the suicide forest. He went to the suicide forest and actually found a body hanging there, and people were oh, like, "Dude, gross!" I do remember because he like live streamed it and he was like, "I don't know, I don't, I don't know if he how he reacted, but." Uh, definitely poor taste. <laughs> Either way, I remember that. Yeah, now he wants to fight like. Conor McGregor. I was going to say Ewan McGregor. <laughs> oh, no. I would watch that. Ewan Anyways, McGregor. So can't you tell? I, was, I said dental records. I didn't mean dental records. Can't, can't the police tell like how how long the, the bodies had been like there based on? Yeah. Well, I guess they don't go into that. How, uh, I mean, how do they know the it was unrelated? I mean, come on, there's two dead bodies here. Well, they say that it's a drug deal gone bad, so I'm sure they have. I'm sure they were able to like place a story to the incident. I don't know. Uh, the drug dealer sent the uh, police office a note. <laughs> we don't know nothing clear. about Noah Baker. What do you mean? <laughs> two wives in one month? What are you talking about? <laughs> two wives in a week, actually. <laughs> Just keep eating your spaghetti, Fat Tony. We we take responsibility for the twenty year old kid. We just don't take responsibility for the fifty five year old. Yeah, we don't know about that billionaire that shot himself and then set his car on fire. We never said that. It's oh, search, well. it's search party. It's <laughs> the cop. Remember the cop who accidentally shoots. Yeah. That that person and then just makes up a random gangster person name. And I think it's away with it. Dude, you and Jaws need to – I keep telling you, man. I know you keep telling season us. Season four just – they just put it – it's complete. They just put out season four. Dude, you're like it, – it's it's a one-of-a-kind show because it's like funny, but it's also like surrealist and dark and like a mystery. Mm-hmm. And it's – it's – Okay, the, okay. We'll get on it. We'll get on please, it. Please, dude, because I know Jocelyn's going to be like, fuck yeah. Like, I mean, every episode you're going to be like, fuck, what the fuck's going to happen next? What the fuck? <laughs> okay. Um, Can we talk okay, about okay. the Wait shitty uh, arson investigator of this? 
Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the arson investigator. Tell me more. Let's get back to talk about to talking about the burned out jaguar. That's the real crime, burning the jag. Right? So they found a gun, they found his body torched. I guess the story is maybe he killed himself and lit himself on fire. Um one of the there's one gu- bullet that's there's one missing bullet, right? No, no, they're all there because it's a revolver. Just one of the bullets had an indentation on the firing. Or on the primer indicating that the firing pin had struck it. The remaining five bullets in the gun had discharged, but the primers were still intact, indicating that they exploded from the heat of the fire. From the heat and not the the pin. Nice. So that day that the body's found, that the Jaguar's found, a letter is delivered to Mr. Ward Busey, who is Baker's attorney. And it said, if you're reading this, I'm dead. And it had a couple of instructions and nothing that he would the only thing that he shared was that it had some directions to deliver a letter to sandy that was his new wife um and she according to unsolved mysteries she moved to europe and always believed that it was a mafia hit um there was an eyewitness that they vaguely mentioned that said that they saw a blue pickup truck speeding away from the area where the body was found. I, I think it said that it was a blue pickup truck with like a blue shiny, sh- like shiny chrome wheel or something. There was some other detail, I think. Um, but most people are thinking that it was a suicide. Something else that backs that up is apparently he had called his insurance company to ask if they would pay out his life insurance policy if he did kill himself. Question though. And they Do they no. know if it was actually him who called the life insurance policy or if it wasn't? Oh, like, yeah. You know, it could have been somebody else. For the, somebody like, the from mafia, the mob. Like, like, oh, like if we That's kill this question. guy and it looks like a suicide, is is the family still going to get paid and are we going to get paid out? Why would they care if they got paid unless they were just like, maybe we don't want this lady to just be destitute? Well, they want their money back. They'll they press. want their money. So they thought, well, if we kill, we'll kill this guy him and then hound the wife for then the press money. the yeah. wife for the cash. Hell yeah, why not? Yeah. It's fucked up, yo. Well, but what I wanted to say was care. the uh, the they brought in an arsonist investigator to like investigate the crimes and he's like, "Oh, there's there's no way someone would dump 3 gallons of gas on themselves, light themselves then be able to shoot themselves." It's like, "Yes, but what if they douse the car in gasoline, took like a newspaper, lit the newspaper?" Tossed it in the back seat. Yeah, create like then, a like a delay. Also, and then fucking yeah. fired, and then you're already dead by the time the entire car is engulfed. Yeah, there, there's lots of ways you could just because he said he lit himself on fire. He poured gasoline on himself, and it's like, all right, start at the feet, and then I mean, yeah. just like just like drop the match and just immediately like in one foul motion. Ugh, it's fucked up to think about, but it's it's not like. Seems like this uh, the arsonist realm. investigator wasn't all that good. Yeah. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could have done both of those things. Um, at one point, somebody says that maybe he had an accomplice that helped him kill himself. And then, of course, there's the the idea of an accomplice that helped him escape, yeah, yeah. who helped it was him the other, get it away. Was, it was the other kid that was there, laying there, the young man who was beaten to death. He helped <laughs> him, and then he beat himself to death. They were They were actually lovers. I mean, that's a more interesting story, but I think what maybe he helped this dude uh, burn the car in a body and then he uh, killed him. And, beat and him then he death. killed him. That's what I think. No, no. They have nothing to do with each other. I, I, uh-huh. Some people think it's just as simple as somebody, one of these the mafia people just kill, paid somebody to kill Baker and they did it and that's it. He owes me money. Here's money. Kill him. End of yeah. story. 
make him disappear. Um, but the lawyer thinks that he did kill himself because he's like, this letter said, if you're reading this, I'm dead. And it seemed very like specific. And he thinks that he just, uh, he was in a difficult spot. There was, uh, you know, tax issues and legal issues and, you know, the, his business and his fortune and his world was crumbling in on him. So maybe he just wanted to kill himself and give his, uh, wife, uh, some money because, um, you know, help her out just to help her. Hey, get yourself a new face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the whole faking his own death. Stack even says, despite conclusive evidence to the contrary. Like, I don't know if there's specifics of them being able to find out definitively that it is it was Ed Baker's body, but I'm guessing they did somehow. I can't tell. His face is melted. By the way, he's had two of them, so how am I going to know? <laughs> yeah. Which face is this? Uh, but this case remains completely unsolved. Um, but, yeah, it's. I'm sure he just owed money to the wrong people. Yeah. Play with poop, you're going to get dirty. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's a couple of updates. There's a lost loves about uh, this sister who found her long lost twins, and it was a cute reunion. And then there's an interesting uh, update. Uh, there's an interesting, uh, yeah, update or, uh, like, case about the original World Trade Center bombing in 93. Yeah. They were looking for this one specific guy who they thought was associated, but they weren't able to find. And um, the update to that is they eventually found him in Pakistan, and he uh, is definitely serving times time for the bombing of the. Yeah, they were also from Afghanistan as well. The like just like the the last one, like the the one that succeeded. You mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because you always hear about. Um, Mostly from that Biggie song, uh, Juicy. Yeah. But you hear about the world trades blowing up in the 90s. Blowing yeah, up people blow. people didn't realize that it, they tried it once before and it didn't work. Mm. The basement, yeah. There's actually a great documentary on the Discovery Channel about it. Oh, is there? About the first yeah. one or the second yeah, one? Yeah, about the first one. Like It goes into detail about how they were able to do a delayed fuse by – Wrapping the fuse in uh, plastic tubing to limit the amount of air that was exposed to the fuse, like it goes into depth, like detail. I wonder if that, if so, since some of those dudes were Afghani, if that led to the whole everybody thinking that Afghanistan was the responsible party for nine eleven. Well, part of the people that because were weren't, weren't most of the sorry to interrupt you, but weren't most of the people that actually were involved with the planes and stuff, weren't they Saudi? Well, no, they were funded by Saudi Arabia. Mm. But I thought some of a couple of them were actual Saudis. They like. were a few Saudis, but they were mainly funded by Saudi Arabia. But the kicker is is the people that planned the first World Trade bombing were the same people that planned and executed 9-11. Yeah. So either Man, way. I watched this I watched some of the documentaries again. I don't even know why I was, I was went in this rabbit hole and I started watching, I think I watched like some YouTube clip or I think maybe what started it. It doesn't matter. I went down this rabbit hole. About nine so 11. Yeah. So I watched it again. I had seen them all before, like kind of a few years ago. I watched them again recently, like last year. And man, I just, it's 
it's still so crazy seeing that raw, like that footage, man. Oh, dude, the people. You know what I suggest? Because everything, especially when you read about that stuff and you see those YouTube videos, what I suggest for anybody who wants to know about 9-11 is go to the last podcast on the left because they have like a three-parter which goes into the facts, the conspiracies, and why all the conspiracies are such fucking bullshit. Like, it's not preachy. One episode is the story. One episode is all the crazy. And then the last episode is pretty much an explanation of why all the crazy is complete rubbish. I like that. And it's really interesting because if you, if you hear them, if you know them, they're silly and, but they do really good research and they're people, they're people that want to, it's kind of like how I am. Like I'm super skeptical. I want to believe in everything. I want to hear all the stories, but at the end of the day, like, the, you know, I, I feel like I still facts. live, I still live in reality. I still live you know, yeah. on planet, on round planet earth. So yeah, that's, it's just, it's, it's crazy. I, I don't yeah. know about like all the conspiracies and stuff. I'm just talking about like the news footage that they showed. Oh yeah. And, like, it's heartbreaking. It, it's crazy. Um, But what's crazy to me is there's people that are alive, like uh, young adults that were not around when nine 11 happened. So like I, I, I remember what I was doing. I remember I was in school, and I'm sure. Yeah, sixth grade. Everybody I was in sixth who, grade. Yeah. Everybody who lived it knew where they were. knew You remember what happened, but um, I, I just if you don't know anything about, it, if you weren't alive, if you didn't like, just I would recommend going back and like doing watching a documentary, listen to last last podcast on the left, and just yeah, and it was crazy. They do good. Um, I, I was actually I was listening to Horatio Sands' podcast, and they were talking about uh the week that that happened and how they went on the air and, and did SNL like, Oh yeah, that was it's, huge. Is really interesting. Like I've heard a couple different SNL cast members from that era talk about that, that a nine 11 week in 2001, which was a great cast by the way, like the, the Will Ferrell, you know, Jimmy yeah. Fallon era. And they, they felt, they felt like it was their duty to like, cheer up the world especially them being live from new york and all that stuff yeah yeah it was i remember hearing that too that that was a big deal um but no i feel like um yeah dude it's it's definitely super important especially now like i feel like that brought us together as a nation it's so sad that that happened but like looking back at like how divided our politics are now like i feel so like upset that it took something like that to unite the country. Mm. And like, oh, well, well, guess what's uniting the country now? What's that? Everybody believes that Robin Hood is, uh, that's is true. Fucking up by, you know, the whole stonk situation, the whole GameStop, yeah. the yeah. whole pump and dump. Um, and that's definitely Ted, wrong. Ted Cruz agreed with Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. So yeah, that's something. <laughs> and then she turned, turned around and fucking, shredded him on twitter is pretty funny god <laughs> did you see it she was like she's no. like I- i'm willing to work with republicans but uh you you sent a mob of people to try to kill me last week so sit this one out please oh, <laughs> it's just brutal man like honestly that's that's something that like i don't know what's going to bring people together but it's going to stay that way until something major like like that happens unfortunately. aliens stonks yeah stonks um, hopefully you guys, hopefully some people made money. I tried making a Robin Hood account, but it was, I was too late. Yeah. It's fine. I, I, I don't still being verified. 
Dan Dan could do a whole pot. Yeah. So the next two episodes is gonna be Dan talking about stonks, and the next one, and then the next one is just gonna be me talking about Buffy. I will not be on the stonks one, and he will not be on the Buffy one. <laughs> it's just gonna be you guys just ranting, just monologuing. Just kidding. Uh, a filibuster. But, uh, it's just a filibuster. Of we'll be back both. with more unsolved mysteries. <laughs> oh, dude, that's funny. Um. Yeah, uh, but thanks anyways. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Uh, maybe we'll come back with a fun mystery movie, but we'll be back next week as soon as we can. Season 5, episode 5. Um, uh, thank you, Eli Dominguez. I've been David Howell. Thank you, Daniel Benavidez. Yeah, people get mad that we don't, we don't know who's talking, who's who. Yeah, that, We're telling that, you right the, now. The person who just said that was Eli. <laughs> We're telling you for, right now. You, for the rest, I'm, use context clues. I'm Dan, signing off as Dan Benavides. Plum Dan. I'm, uh, I was trying to think of a funny name, but I got nothing. I got nothing either. I'm David. I'm Eli. I'm C. David Howell, not to be mixed up with C. Thomas Howell, famous uh, actor from features films such as Hitch. No, <laughs> The Hitcher. Not Hitch. <laughs> with Will the Smith. The and The Outsiders. <laughs> with Will Smith? Yeah, that's Hitch. That uh, lovable Smith comedy? Kevin. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin uh, James. Yeah, I was going to say Kevin Smith, but that's not. No, he gets okay. mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he, he's so much cooler than Kevin James. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks, hey, thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks for Hangs. Uh, thanks for being with us. Man, if you made it to the end... <laughs> Hit that subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't yet. For every mystery, there's someone somewhere who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone is listening, and perhaps that someone is you. Good night.